0: You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org.
1: Father, we thank you that over 2,000 years ago, you came, you sent your Holy Spirit just as you promised. And Father, your Holy Spirit came into a room that was filled with men and women who were scared, who were confused, who didn't know what to do. And Father, we just ask that your Holy Spirit would come today because our world, our country is in a place of fear, in a place of confusion in a place of not knowing what to do. And we thank you, Father God, that you said, Lord, that when you sent your Holy Spirit, Father, that you would lead us, that you would guide us, that you would be our comforter, our counselor, our advocate. And so, Father, this morning, more than ever, we need your comfort. We need your guidance. We need your inspiration. We need your truth. We need your comfort. So we thank you for the gift, the power, the presence of your Holy Spirit. And we thank you that the ministry of your Holy Spirit is as multiple as it is magnificent. Though invisible, the evidence of your work is everywhere. Open our eyes to see you, to feel you, to know you, to follow you. It is only by your Holy Spirit that we can even begin to believe the gospel. It is by your Holy Spirit that we are even convicted of our sins. And you have given us eyes to see, ears to hear, to know your son Jesus, to impart faith into us, to trust and to follow after him. We thank you that it is the work of your Holy Spirit in our lives that we are born again, that we are no longer dead in our sins and our trespasses, that we have passed from death into life. And we praise you for the new birth, the new life you've blessed us with in Jesus. And there's so much more for which we have to be grateful. Father, I thank you that it is by your Holy Spirit that you have sealed us forever as your beloved ones. That you are the first fruit of our final redemption. You are the guarantee that one day we will live and be united as a whole family of God without fear, without chaos, without confusion in that new heaven, that new earth that you promised us. We thank you that the Holy Spirit, you are that wedding ring wrapped around our hearts, that you are that sign and that security of our betrothal to Jesus, that you are our loving bridegroom. And Father, we thank you that it is through the Holy Spirit that we hear you telling and confirming and witnessing to our spirit that we are your beloved children that we are guiltless that we are condemnation free and we thank you that it's through your holy spirit that you open our eyes more and more to the truth of your glory and the grace of Jesus And we thank you, Father, that you're constantly drawing our attention. You're leading us into deeper truth concerning who you are and who your Son, Jesus Christ, is. And, Father, that also is through the work of the Holy Spirit in us. And, Father, we thank you for that Holy Spirit that it it enables us to put to death everything in us that offends you, that contradicts the gospel, that makes us more than conquerors, that gives us victory over sin. And Father, more than ever, we need the peace of God. We need the peace of knowing the Holy Spirit is committed to making us more and more into the image of your Son, Jesus Christ. For without you, it would never happen. Father God, we thank you this morning that we can gather together in this place. That wherever two or more gather together, you are here in our midst by your Holy Spirit. And because of that, this morning we can enter boldly into your throne room, into your presence, Father. And we can worship you freely, wholeheartedly this morning in spirit and in truth because we are empowered by your Holy Spirit. And we're comforted to know that you ceaselessly pray through us. You give us the words when words fail us. Even when we are too distracted, when we're too broken, too weak to pray. And it's through the Holy Spirit that you've gifted us for service. You've empowered us to be your faithful witnesses both here and around the world. And we just say hallelujah many times over. So Father God, on this Pentecost Sunday, we hear afresh. We receive afresh your invitation, your command that we be filled afresh today, now, with the Holy Spirit. So may it be, may it come to us to your glory, to our growth, Let your Holy Spirit fall afresh upon this place and fill us with your fullness. And all of God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. I want to go ahead and, uh, like I said, you know, a lot has changed. So just to uh, let you know, we're gonna uh, pick up with Doers of the Word next week since uh, next Sunday is uh, first Sunday of June. We'll kind of get started with that again. Um, But this morning, I wanna just invite Neva to kind of come and and just kind of give us an update where we're at in the uh, Operation Christmas Shoebox uh, so that we can kind of pick up with that uh, and keep moving forward. Again, we've had kind of a interruption here, but uh, Neva's got a plan. in place to kind of get us caught up and to get us to keep moving forward on that?
2: I do have a plan, but <laughs> it's changing a little bit. We were collecting something every month. Well, we missed um, part of March. We missed all of April. We missed all of May. So that sets us back a little bit, and one of those areas was the wow gift, and the wow gifts are really important because that's the main gift in the box. It, we have to remember these children that are getting these boxes, Probably have never received a gift before, and so it is a big deal. They get this box, and they're just so excited. Just to even have the box. So what I had, um, what I did was, I went downstairs and I took inventory of everything that has come in, and we are very well stocked with the two through four year olds. We can make some very, very nice boxes out of the gifts that have come in. So what I have done, I reprinted the um, pamphlet and our focus is going to be on the five through 14 year olds. And um, girls and boys, a little bit more emphasis on the boys we women shoppers love to shop for girls i tell you so we need to focus in on our young men and um i have down well gifts thinking like soccer balls with a pump a flattened soccer ball uh, stuffed animals dolls cars um, money donations, if everything is going and you're thinking, I'd rather just give a money donation, that is always welcome. When you write out your check in the memo, write for shoeboxes, um, and we're going to use that money to buy shoeboxes, um, the mailing for the shoe boxes, and if there's extra, we may be able to purchase some more things for the boxes. Uh, clothing and personal care like um, toothbrushes and underwear, socks, School supplies. Um, We will be having some good sales coming up in August. Um, Activities like um, sewing kits. Um, They say um, gardening tools binoculars, that type of thing, and then small toys, um, little stuffers, uh, little balls, little cars, uh, plastic dinosaurs, small frisbees. I have those things listed in the box. Your donations are so appreciated. We appreciate everything that has come in, and if you're in a situation, I know people have been laid off work, and um, money might be tight. If you're in that case, your prayers are just as valuable as these money gifts are so your commitment to this is appreciated and then in the fall we will set up our packing event but it's good to see everyone it's so good to have you back and i'm going to give it back to jeff
1: (laughs) thank you well uh yeah thank you neva Well, one of the changes that we've kind of had to uh, incorporate, um, again, is just trying to keep uh, from passing a lot of things around that can also pass germs with it, and so we're gonna be doing our offering a little bit differently now. Um, There are baskets that are set there uh, by the door, so you can just place your offering in there um, as you either come in or go out. If you want to, you can continue to give online. I know many of you have kinda done that. That may be a new thing for you, but if you wanna continue to do that, you certainly can. You can mail it in, you can drop it by, you can just simply put it down the mail slot outside the door. Uh, But again, I just want to thank each of you because... Everybody uh, was just sending stuff in, making sure that their offerings, their tithes were coming in, and we really, really appreciate your uh, faithfulness and um, just continuing uh, to support the church through uh, just these very, very different, uh, different, difficult times. And so we really do appreciate that. And so just for the time being, we'll kind of just have that back there, um, it, and we just encourage you just to kind of do that um, on your way out. Uh, um, this morning. So, um with that, let me just kind of give just one other really quick thing. Um, I did have a couple of uh, people that, that contacted me uh, this week, and um, some of them kind of received some pretty strongly worded letters um, from their, their businesses um, that were concerned about churches starting back up. And um, some of them kind of called and shared with me, I really want to come to church. I just need to know that we're going to be honoring the social distancing thing, because my work, has said, if if we're not going to do that, then I can't come back to work. Um, And so I I assured them that we were doing everything that we could uh, to do that. So just again, want to caution you. I know some of us, we're just in different places on this. Some of us are taking this very very seriously some of us you know are not and and again that's fine it's just wherever you are at but I would just ask that you just kind of think about that there may be people here this morning that want to be here that really need the social distancing not because they want it but because it's necessary for them in their workplace so again it's just really important to kind of think about your neighbor um, and, and just to kind of think about uh, where where they may be at Add in this, and what may be required of them, and so again, oftentimes it's just just ask permission. Is it okay, um, you know, to sit next to you? Is it okay to talk to you, or to you know, whatever? It's just permission is always better, uh, so that it doesn't put that individual in an awkward position, and hopefully, you know, in a, in a month or or less. We won't even have to be talking about this stuff anymore. And I know things have changed. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that uh, this morning because the good news is God never changes. Um, And, you know, uh, God's got a plan and and I believe that uh, he has a plan for his church. And we're going to start getting into what I think that plan is uh, here this morning. So, Father, again, we just thank you. I just thank you, Father, for, again, people's faithfulness to you And Father, we just thank you for the many ways that people have continued to bless the church through their prayers, through their giving, through their service. Father, we just again ask, Father, that you would bless um, our tithes, our offerings, Father, those that have been given, those that will be given today, those that will be given in other ways at other times. Father, again, we just thank you for those And again, Father, we pray that you'll make us good, wise stewards of how that money is used. And Father, that that money would be used in such a way that it would begin to build the kingdom in new, in stronger, in more effective ways as we go forth. As a people of God, as a nation. And Father, we just pray that you'll continue to give us inspiration You'll continue to bless us with resources that we can continue to sow into your kingdom, into your church, into ministries in this community. Father, that we can continue to move your plans and your purposes forward. And we thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. It
0: happened, the unthinkable, the shift that showed our frailty nonetheless the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it we are separated we are isolated and in this world we have trouble nonetheless we take heart because Jesus has overcome the world we are conflicted and frustrated weary too but nonetheless Those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. We are down but not out, sidelined but still in the game. We fight for our families, we hold on to love, we strive for kindness, but the hard times get harder. Nonetheless, we are more than conquerors through Him who loves us. We walk through adversity. We are sons and daughters of the Most High. We know to whom we belong, and we know where our hope lies. For he is the first and the last, the Alpha and Omega, the one who is and the one who is to come. It looks bleak. They say it's grim. There's a lot to fear. But nonetheless, we are strong. We are courageous. We are the church.
1: It happened. Yeah, don't always know what that is going to look like. And oftentimes uh, throughout these last two and a half months, three months, I've kind of heard that we're going to have to adjust to a new normal. And, you know, as I, as I hear that, I'm sure as you hear that, again, the question kind of comes up, what does that mean? I mean, what is that really going to look like? I mean, for me, uh, you know, um, it's just kind of like, I just want everything to go back to normal. And, and so as I would voice that, you know, people would say, oh, it's, ne- it's never going to be like it was. It well, it'll never, ever be normal again. And, and I'm like, okay, I'm okay with that, but I, I just kind of need to know what is the new normal gonna be and so as callie and i we were kind of talking about what this first sunday would be like i kind of got to thinking about you know people in the bible that you know kind of had like uh disruptions i mean i think of noah in the ark Okay? I mean, Noah, uh, you know, goes on to the ark, you know, knowing that the whole world is going to be flooded. I mean, it, it's just, there's not going to be, in, nothing survives. And so you're, you're Noah, and you're on the boat, you know, so after 40 days, the rain stops. You're like, okay. Um, then, you know, you kind of start seeing the waters. They kind of start receding, and you're like, Okay. I'm sure this whole time Noah's got to be thinking, what is it going to be like? I mean, he knows what it was when he goes into the ark, and I'm sure he has to be thinking to himself, what's it going to be like when I come out of the ark? I, I think about Moses. You know, Moses, you know, he's born and raised, you know, uh, in Pharaoh's house, you know, 40 years. And then he's driven out of Egypt, he goes to a foreign land, gets married, has a family, and all of a sudden God's calling him back to Egypt to deliver his people. And and I'm sure at some point Moses has got to think, what is it gonna be like to go back into Egypt? And what's amazing is, what is the first thing Noah does when he gets off the ark? He offers a sacrifice and he worships God. What is the first thing Moses does when he goes back into Egypt? He meets with the elders, and he begins to do these miraculous signs to prove that he had been sent from God to, do, uh, to, to deliver his people, and it says that they began to worship. And so regardless of what this new normal looks like, whatever it kind of pans out to be, and again, I don't think any of us know for sure what that's gonna be. The one thing that will never change is again, God is always gonna call us to a place of worshiping him, to a place of of again, coming to him, seeking him, desiring him, to be known by him. To be to know him more intimate—that's never ever going to change. I love what uh, Johnny Enlow said. He was uh, had put out kind of an e-book, and it was called "The End of the World as We Know It." Um, and this is what he said: This is not the end, but only the end of the world as we know it. And again, that the the, the the ambiguity and all that just makes me uncomfortable. I don't know about you, but i just like, ah, what is this gonna look like? He said, this is not the beginning of the tribulation, but it's the beginning of a severe tribulation for the corrupt elite. Okay, that'll be interesting. This is not when Christ comes to take us home, it's when Christ is coming to judge advanced evil and establish those who are his and the plan that is his. So God's got a plan. God's got an idea for what this is all gonna look like. God has a plan for his church. The other thing Johnny Enlow said that I thought was really interesting was, before every great awakening, there is a rude awakening. We've had the rude awakening, haven't we? We've had, we're we're in the midst of another rude awakening with these protests. Let me just suggest something here. I, I, I shared this with Janie um the other day it's very very interesting to me if you've uh ever studied the the book of revelation um as the seals are broken certain things kind of begin to happen and and, uh this kind of dawned on me as i was thinking about all of these riots that are kind of taking place right now across our country and It says this, uh, that uh, this this comes out of uh, Revelation chapter 6, and it says, and when he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, come and see. And he says, another horse, fiery red, went out. Now listen to this. And it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth. And that people should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword. Now as I I thought about that, I thought about the importance of God's peace on the earth. It serves a purpose. It, It provides restraint in many ways. And... The rider does nothing, he has a sword, he does nothing. He does not use the sword in any way. All he does is takes peace from the earth and mankind does the rest. What you're seeing again is when peace is removed. Not totally, obviously, but in places where where peace is being removed, what happens? Violence chaos. That's why we need to be praying for the peace of God. It serves a purpose. It restrains evil. But there's coming a day where the peace is going to be removed from the earth. And what we're seeing in in certain cities around our country right now, it's going to be worldwide. And in it, it just says, men, people are just going to be killing each other. It's going to be horrific. I know Franklin Graham called today, and and, and, he, and he just said this: this is a day where where they're calling Christians, churches, to pray for peace. Why? Because peace restrains evil. It contains it. We need the peace of God in Minneapolis. We need the peace of God to reign in Dallas, and all of these places, in Des Moines, all of these places where this violence. It's the it's the only answer is peace has to reign and mankind need, we need to repent, we, we need to, we're gonna kinda talk again about what is the role of the church, what is God talking, I just say that, I, I just think that that's very, very interesting um, and why I believe we need to be praying uh, for peace. So again, you have uh, this great awakening, and before every great awakening, there's a root awakening. And, and, and again, you, you saw that in the flood, right? Root awakening. Then there comes a, a great awakening, a greater move of God. We see that with Moses. I mean, I mean he goes in there, and, and, and there's this rude awakening before the great awakening where, where he takes his, his people Israel. He leads them out of Egypt. He starts to take them toward the promised land. So there's always a rude awakening before every great awakening. And so we're in that rude awakening right now. But take heart. God, I believe, is going to begin and has already begun a great awakening across our country. The enemy right now knows the plans. He sees. He knows what's going to happen. And he's doing everything he can right now. To, to thwart that to 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 you know to, to stop that to, to keep that from happening, I had a dream uh, I, and those of you that know me i don 't dream often and, and so when I do they're usually number one they're very vivid and they usually carry a lot of significance with me so this so it was about a couple of weeks ago wasn't it that I shared that with you so in in this dream um, they' Are things I have never ever seen before. I, I didn't even know what they were. They were they were new in kind. I, I had never seen what I saw in the dream. As a matter of fact, I can't even describe to you what I saw, because it was it was unlike anything um, I, I had ever seen, and, and it was just it was weird. It was baffling to me. I can see it in my mind but I cannot explain it to you, because it, it, there's, there's nothing in my mind that I can liken it to. But in this dream, God is doing stuff with this. And every time God was doing something, I, I, I kept saying, I, it's not gonna fit, it won't work. And every time it fit, it worked, and God said, it's gonna bring balance. So then God would do something else, and I I would begin, that's not going to work. It's not going to fit. And God makes it work. It fit perfectly, and it brought balance. And this kept happening over and over and over again until I finally got the message, God you are going to do things we have never, ever seen before. And we are not gonna understand it. And and we're gonna wonder, "What, what are you doing? But here's the thing that I feel like God is saying to me and wants to say to the church, that God is doing new things we have never, ever seen before. And it is gonna fit perfectly, and it's gonna bring balance. I can tell you right now, one of those things has happened, I can't tell you yet for a couple of weeks but there was something that God did that confirmed that to me, I am doing a new thing. Things you did not expect, things that you thought never would happen, and it is going to fit perfectly, and it's gonna bring balance to the church. So so God has already begun to bring this forward, and I look forward to being able to share that with you um, in a couple of weeks. This is what I believe that God again is gonna do in the church. We are gonna see things we've never seen before. And and we're gonna question some of it. We're we're gonna be you know, kind of lost in wonder or amazement of that. And, and, And the thing that we're gonna see is that all of it is gonna be the hand of God. God is doing it. He is the one doing it. And it is gonna fit perfectly um, and it's going to bring balance to the church. So, God's plan for the church has always been the same. Okay, God, God is not coming up with a new plan for the church. He's just going back uh, to what his design has always been for the church. And so I'm going to just share that with you, and I'm going to break this down um, a little bit this morning. Ephesians 4, chapter 11 through 18. I'll guarantee you the one thing, you are going to be so tired of hearing me talk about this. Okay, because I believe this is what God is up to. Here's what Paul says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. Christ gave gifts to the church. Over 2,000 years ago, Christ gave gifts to the church. He's giving gifts to the church today. Those gifts are the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. Those are the five gifts that God has and will continue to give uh, to the church. Now this is the part I want you to get your heart wrapped around. Their responsibility, whose responsibility? The prophets, the apostles, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility, their mandate is to equip God's people, who is that? To do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. See, we've kinda had a mentality in the church that that's the pastor's responsibility to do the ministry of the church. That's the paid staff's responsibility to do the ministry of the church, folks. Our responsibility is to equip you to do the work that God has gifted you, and that is what is gonna build up the church. That's what's gonna edify the church. This will continue until all come to such unity. Do you know why there's disunity in the church today? We're not taking this serious. We're not stepping up. As a pastor, I'm not equipping you the way I needed to be equipping you, and I've repented of that. It's a new day. It's a new way. God is doing a new thing. And it's not just me. It's not just Callie. It's not just our elders. It's all of us. And my job is to make sure you're equipped to do his work. Because that is what's gonna bring unity into our church. Now the opposite of that is true as well. When I don't equip you, When the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, when we are not equipping you to do God's work, it brings disunity, it brings disharmony, it brings confusion because where there is no vision, the people perish, they wander, they're lost. So if you want unity in the church, this is the way to unity is when I begin to equip you, the apostles, the prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, when we begin to equip you to do the work of the ministry, of the church, it's gonna bring unity. It's gonna bring unity in our faith and our knowledge of God's son that we will be what? Mature. There's a lot of immaturity in the body of Christ today. And I'm not talking us specifically. In the church today, there is a lot of immaturity. And again, it's it's because we're not doing this. So if we want unity, if we want maturity, if we want unity of faith in our knowledge of who God's son is, then it falls again upon the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, the apostles, to equip. And when we equip, there comes unity. When we equip, there comes unity in faith and knowledge. When we equip you, there comes maturity in the body of Christ. That we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. That's huge. There's more benefits then we'll no longer be immature like children. There's a lot of immaturity in the church today. Paul said, when I was a child, I thought, I acted, I reasoned like a child. I put away childish things. This is what we need to be doing. We need to be putting away childish things. And we do that by allowing The apostles, the prophets, the pastors, the evangelists, the teachers to equip you to do God's work. And in the doing of that, guess what? You're gonna start putting away immature things. You're not gonna be like a child anymore. You're gonna begin to grow and to mature in who you are, in what God has called you to do, how he has equipped you. We won't be tossed about by every uh, new wind of doctrine. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, he said, we're going to counter. We're going to counter all of that. We're going to speak the truth in love because we're we're mature. We're coming into the fullness, uh, under the standard of the fullness uh, of who we are in Christ. And in that fullness, out of that maturity, we're going to begin to speak the truth in love people are going to begin to receive what it is we're we're saying because there's there's a maturity about us. There's an authority about us. There's an anointing about us. Our word carries weight, not because it's our word, but because it's the word of the Lord. That's lacking in the church today. Growing. Growing in every way more and more like Christ. That's that's what he's calling the church to be. That's what he's calling us to do. That we're, we're becoming more and more and more conformed to the image of Christ. This is the new normal, but it's not a new normal. It's just a reminder of who the church is. who is the head of his body, the church, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. What are you doing? It doesn't fit. It doesn't work in my dream. And God said, it fits perfectly. It brings balance. As each part does its own special Work, Every one of you in this room, without doubt, you have a special work God has given you. You have a unique, a beautiful, special work that God has designed, created, and gifted, empowered you to do that no one else in this room can do. I have my special part, you have your special part. And it says, as each part does its own special work, what does it do? It helps the others grow. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of discord. Full of hatred, full of confusion, full of apathy. Yeah, no. Full of love. What the world needs now is love. And the only place that that love can truly come where it's truly gonna make a difference is from a healthy, a growing, a vibrant, a maturing body of Christ who knows what they've been called to do, that they've been gifted, they've been equipped to do what God's calling them to do. And we're gonna gonna impact our community. We're gonna impact our state. We're gonna impact our world. That is what God is up to. And so this, the rest of this summer, we're just gonna begin to kinda unpack this. Because I believe that this, again, is, is the, was the plan, the design of the church from before the beginning of time. God saw this before he ever created anything, that this was the blueprint, the plan, the design of the church. And so what I've, what I've been doing um, based on this scripture is I just took the scripture and I just wrote it into a prayer. And I pray this prayer every day out loud because I truly believe this is what God is doing in the church. Again, I don't know what all he's gonna do. I just know he's doing it. And I know it's not all gonna make sense to me, but it's gonna fit perfectly. It's gonna, it's gonna bring the body together perfectly and it's gonna be balanced. It'll be crazy, but it'll be balanced. It's gonna be wild, but it's gonna be balanced. Because here's the thing I'm kind, of, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to. I'm looking forward to a day where Jesus said that, that greater works than these shall you do. Here's the problem, folks we're not doing the same things Jesus did, much less the greater things. And until we start doing the same things Jesus did, we're never gonna get to the greater things. I wanna get to the greater things. Yes. But it, it, it calls for the apostles, the prophets the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip you to do the work, that special work God has called you to do. And, and it's, it's a glorious thing. I mean, you know, when, when Kurt's doing his special work, it says that it causes the rest of us to grow. When Les is doing his special thing that only Les can do, That God is called, equipped, empowered, less to do. It causes the rest of us to grow. But you gotta be willing to show up and say, God, here am I. Use me. Equip me. Release me to do what only I can do under your anointing. And I'll guarantee you that, that we're not just gonna do the same things Jesus did, we're gonna do greater things. Because we have chosen as a congregation, we're going forward, we're gonna mature, we're gonna grow more and more into the image of Christ, we're gonna become healthy We're gonna grow in unity in our faith and our knowledge of the Son of God. We are gonna mature so that we are not tossed around like immature children, that we're not gonna be buying in to crazy theologies and goofy doctrines because we know what the Word of God says and we know what every counterfeit that comes along, we know what it is and we're able to stand against that. So I wrote this prayer and it's just based on Ephesians chapter four, verse 11. Every day I'm committed to praying this out loud. So what I'm asking for this morning is other people who are willing, called, that you will take this same prayer and you will pray it every day out loud. I'm gonna tell you why out loud is important to me. Out loud for me is important because it keeps my mind from getting distracted. I'm not thinking about what I need to do next, where I need to go, uh, what I'm gonna have for lunch or dinner. I mean, when I start, to, when I just pray out loud, it keeps m- my mind very, very focused on what I'm saying. Plus also, uh, I think it's a Psalm 5 where it just talks about, you know, where, where it just, again, it encourages us to lift our voice to God. He loves the sound Of your voice. He loves to hear his children pray. You may not like the sound of your voice. He loves the sound of your voice. And so when you're praying out loud, it brings great delight and joy to the heart of God. I like that. I'm into that. I want to do that. So again, I'm asking you, even if it's a whisper,
0: It's out loud
1: (laughs) and God will hear it. So I'm just gonna, what I'm gonna do, I'm just gonna kinda set them uh, six feet apart in piles. And, and at the end of the service, if, if, you're, if you're committed, if you feel called to do this, if you feel called to be a part of what I believe God is going to begin to do, in, 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 and I'm praying this not just for our church, I'm praying this for the church worldwide. We need a great awakening. We need revival. We do not need more riots. We need revival. Revival. We do not need more looting, we need love. We need God's love, we need agape love. And the church is the only place that can really, I think, adequately distribute agape love. So I'm gonna just set the piles here. If you feel called to do that, do it. If you take it, please do it. And I'll guarantee you in the coming weeks, I'm going to be adding more to this. We're going to become a praying church. We're going to become a unified praying church because we're all going to be praying the same things together as I feel the Spirit of God is leading us, leading me as the pastor. And again, my job's to equip you. I'm equipping you. I'm stepping up, I'm ready to go. Let's do this, God. Let's get started. And I'm asking you as a congregation, are you ready? Do you want to go with God? Do you want to see this new normal, even though it's not all that new? It'll be a new normal for us because God's doing a new thing. God is doing a new thing. So I'm just gonna pray, I'm gonna pray the prayer as I wrote it, put the piles up here. If you feel led, grab one of those. Um, I I did, I think, like 75 of them. Uh, I, I tried not to touch any of them except the top and the bottom one, so I'm not sure how to distribute any of this, but. So that's where we're gonna go we we'll to talk about 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We'll talk about those giftings. We'll talk about strategic discipleship, something we're gonna be kind of starting here um, in the fall. I'm really gonna start hammering away at John's letters to the seven churches in Revelation. Because what John was telling those churches in Revelation is the same thing God's telling the churches today. It's never changed. So we're gonna start talking uh, about those. That first one, loving God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Man, when you begin to do that, that is gonna mature you, it is gonna grow you, it is gonna equip you in ways nothing else ever will. And I'll just give you a hint that, that that first church there in Revelation, they were doing a lot of good stuff. They had all of the right programs they were just ignoring a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. They were loving their programs, but they were not loving him, first and foremost. So we're gonna talk about what does that look like? And again, those are the, those are, that's where I really feel like God is gonna be taking us um, this, this summer. So Father God, we thank you for these gifts, Christ, gave to the local church we thank you father for the apostles the prophets the evangelists the pastors and the teachers father i pray you will empower them raise them up and make them responsible to equip your people to do your work and to build up the local churches the body of Christ. And Father God, I ask that this continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and our knowledge of your Son, Jesus Christ, that we will become mature in the Lord. We will measure up to the full and complete standard of Christ. I ask you, Father God, would you raise up Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers in your church and in this church. Stir up these gifts among us. And as these gifts begin to powerfully and effectively work among us, we will no longer be immature like children. Father, we won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, Father, we will speak, we will counter the, it, with the truth in love. And we're gonna grow in every way more and more like Jesus, who is the head of his body, the church. We thank you that Jesus Christ, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. And as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. There are parts of us that need to grow so that our whole body is healthy and vibrant and growing and full of love. Father, I ask you this for the universal church throughout the earth. And I ask you for this for our church, your body. Praise Community Church. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.